That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. NFT. I know nobody knows what it means. And the people who claim they know what it means don't know what it means. And the people who claim they know what it means despite us saying that they don't know what it means, they still probably don't know what it means. And that's okay because people are spending a lot of money on them and apparently losing a lot of money on them. If you're not familiar with the term, it's non-fungible token. That means it's one of a kind. This is a very fancy way of saying that you cannot identically replace it with anything else. You got a nickel, you got another nickel, they're interchangeable. You've got an NFT, you've got another NFT, even of the same thing, not interchangeable. Short crash course, if I paint a painting, you understand the concept of that being an original. If I then commission a print of that thing, I might make thousands of prints. All those prints are interchangeable. But if I do a limited number of prints, numbered one, two, three, up through 200 or whatever, each one of those is a non-fungible token because one is not the same as 10, theoretically. That's the roughest, closest version of this I can give you, except that they're now digital things. So the original creation of a digital piece of art, for example, like if I took a photo on my digital camera of the painting I made, and then I said, that's the first original copy, and then I certified it as such, and then I sold it as such, that would be an NFT. So you could own the original of that digital artwork. Of course, if you click write, copy, and then paste, you're going to make a second version of it, which is identical to the first one. The difference is that when it comes to the first one that's now been certified by what we'd call the collective of entities that certify such things, or the blockchain, which is just a fancy way of saying that independent people certify that it's the same thing through a complicated series of formulas and computers that make sure you can't cheat and lie about whether something really is what it is. It's the basis of the entire cryptocurrency market, if that helps. So why are we talking about all of this? Well... Over the course of the last couple of years, there's been kind of a rush to sell NFTs of artwork. Sometimes you sell the entire NFT of the original, and sometimes you break the digital file into tens, hundreds, or even thousands of little tiny pieces, which is what the Belvedere Museum in Vienna, Austria did, carving up one of the most famous pieces of Austrian art, The Kiss by Gustav Klimt, into 10,000 unique NFTs. Think photo mosaics, if you want. The little tiny squares that make up the big picture, that's sort of what they did. And they sold each one of those 10,000 little slices of the kiss for about $2,000 a piece. Out of the 10,000, they wound up selling about 2,500 of them, raking in about $4.5 million for the museum, a tidy profit. Until there's a global crash in digital currency and digital assets. All of the NFTs for the kiss are now on sale in the marketplace OpenSea for about 11,100 Ethereum cryptocurrency, which means they're worth about $235. Again, they paid about $2,000 each for them. So they lost like 85, 90% of their value. Now, you may have heard headline stories of other pieces of art that would sell for two, eight, ninety million dollars the artist Pack sold the merge on Nifty Gateway for $92 million because they carved it into 312,000 pieces, which 29,000 collectors individually purchased as NFTs. Confused yet? Great. You're just like everybody else. 
The problem is that like many investment bubbles, a lot of people bought these NFTs assuming that, well, everybody else is buying these NFTs. They're going to go up in value, of course, until at some point they don't, which seems to be where we're at, at least with some right now. So what's the grand takeaway from all of this at the moment? It's a little too premature to tell, but what looked like an incomprehensible investment bubble created by people who barely understood what they were doing now seems to be an incomprehensible investment bubble that was artificially inflated because a lot of people didn't really know what they were doing. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Have you ever had one of those late night conversations with friends where you're asking each other all kinds of goofy questions like, is water wet? Is the ocean a soup? And... What would you eat if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life? Of course we have. Maybe you haven't, but these are my friends, okay? And the answers you get in this conversation are things like steak, sushi, maybe somebody who's really trying to think the problem through says pizza or spaghetti. What about potato chips or potato chip sandwiches? I give you the case of Zoe Sadler, age 25, of Coventry, England, who has been eating Walker's potato chips in buttered white bread her entire life since she was a toddler. Apparently, her parents tried to get her to eat other things, but she always turned up her nose at them, refused to put it in her mouth. The only thing her parents could get her to eat were potato chips. I might have met these children. Anyway, they would send her off to school with potato chip sandwiches in her lunchbox, and it's the only thing she liked to eat. She did have dry cereal for breakfast. Dry cereal. (laughs) And she would try other flavors of chips beside the regular cheese and onion flavored, which is the kind she always ate. Let that sink in for just a moment. But other things would just make her feel ill. She says Christmas was always hard because nothing was ever appealing to her. She'd try to eat Yorkshire pudding, but never with gravy. Just nothing worked. And then, recently, she was diagnosed with MS. Terrible, right? Three years ago. And she was desperate to have a healthier diet because her doctor said, you cannot keep eating like this. So she goes flipping through the internet and she finds a hypnotist, a hypnotherapist who she did two two two-hour sessions with, and he basically convinced her, through hypnotherapy, to eat regular food. So now she's been trying fruits and vegetables, cabbage, blueberries, nuts, cranberries. She says she loves how strawberries taste. And she says she's looking forward to things like curry. And she's tried Wagamama chili squid. I don't know what that is, but it sounds horrific. She's getting married to her fiance next year. And she says that she didn't want to have to be eating potato chip sandwiches on her wedding. So now she's branched out and she thinks she'll be okay to eat other stuff. All I know about this story is I have to tell you it carefully so that my kids don't overhear and imagine they can somehow negotiate me into the position of only feeding them potato chip sandwiches until they reach the age of maturity. And finally, you know how the service industry has suffered recently because of an inability to retain employees. And of course, there's always the never ending combat in order to make sure that the people who vacation with you, whether you're a hotel or a restaurant, like what you do and appreciate you and put good reviews online and then their friends come and you make money, right? That's how this works. Then there's the other kind, the kind that are apparently so incapable of having ordinary relationships with people and not being strange or worse that they wind up driving people away. An anonymous Redditor who claimed to have stayed at a low-cost hotel in Georgia put a post up on Reddit in the mildly infuriating column. The title of it was, Hotel Keeps My Deposit Because I Left a Poor Review on Booking.com. And in this case, rather than telling you the story, 
I'm going to read you the story as it turned out in the text thread that the hotel operator sent to this person's cell phone. From the hotel, I guess you didn't want that $20 back since you left a bad review. From the user, LOL. Well, the fact that you messaged me, that is definitely going in a new review. Hotel. Well, we asked if you liked it here and you said yes, then we offered to give you the deposit back. Could have just been honest. Honesty goes a long way in life. User. You never asked if I liked it there. No one was even there when we were trying to leave. We had to leave our card at your service desk. Hotel. We talked to you outside as you were leaving. Anyway, sorry you didn't like it. You rented the room at night and you didn't like the deposit was charged. We offered to return the deposit. User. You have me mixed up with somebody else. I didn't complain about the deposit, nor did you talk to me outside as we were leaving. Hotel. Okay, sorry. How can we improve for whatever you didn't like about the stay? User. Maybe not harassing customers for leaving bad reviews would be a good start, LOL? Hotel. Okay, if you call that harassment. User. I do, LOL. A lot of LOLs in this thread. Hotel. Okay, these youngins are so soft nowadays. Bye. And then a couple of memes, which is kind of the way these things devolve over time. So how did Reddit take it? Well, 70,000 upvotes later, and... At least one person who tried to call the hotel to tell them the comments about the hotel weren't a good look, to which the hotel operator allegedly replied, Your face isn't a good look. Have you thought about that? (laughs) Outstanding quip for a telephone call, by the way. Uh, Oh, uh, by the way, it gets worse. The follow-up to the meme war was the hotel operator sent a text saying, Remove your Reddit post or everything will be turned into the police, including your registration info. So they threatened to call the cops on them for writing an adverse review online. Again, if there were a recipe how not to handle criticism, you probably couldn't do any better than following this example. I'm just sitting here wondering, like, what the charge would be. Aggravated honesty? Criticism with a digital weapon? If it were me, my suggestion would be, the number you want to call is 911, and be sure to send them a copy of this text thread when you do. Let me know how it turns out. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. Please consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five-star review before you go. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.